You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and Mick Marlier with SeedSpark. You know, every single one of us relies on technology in our lives, whether it's your phone, whether it's your computer, you got something on you at all times. And, um, you know, where you keep your phone numbers and everyone you know, and maybe someone doing shopping, banking, desktop computer, everything has technology. But where are you going to store those documents? Who's going to do the heavy lifting on those big projects? And technology can make or break your business. Um, This can speed up customers' orders or completely um, increase your workflow. There's a lot of things that can go down, but when a server goes down, everything goes down. Um, Our guest today on the Brand Builders Podcast is the Director of Sales and Marketing for a Charlotte-based company that takes care of your technology and is innovating new ways to run businesses more efficiently from your phone, laptop, or your desktop. So thank you so much and uh, welcome, Mick from SeedSpark. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the- fired up, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Fully caffeinated. Always. Thank you for that great introduction. And Mick, thanks for joining us today, buddy. Thanks, Scott. Hey, man, running a business from my phone seems to be a stretch, even if I can't live without my phone for business. Explain what SeedSpark does for business technology. Apps are one part, obviously, but what what about the rest? Sure, Scott. Um, as you alluded to, we are so connected in this day and age that you have multiple avenues. It can almost be paralysis by analysis when you look at the tools available to run your business. So really, our passion at SeedSpark is sparking growth in people and businesses. And we do that by really getting an understanding of an organization as an individual. We don't take a blanket approach with our clients, and that differentiates us a little bit from many other technology companies who out there who are out there. They may try and package you into one particular format. When we understand a business, we find a way to put people and process and technology around that. So your organization it may not be best for you to run off your phone. In fact, they may that may be the worst angle that you could use. So we're never going to say this is exactly how you need to operate. We need to understand you and what you do and how you serve your clients first before we decide on a strategy. That's interesting. And, and when you say you might not you know, run your business from your phone, there's probably people like just spitting up their coffee right now. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I live with my phone. That is the lifeline of my business. But that's a unique approach to have that custom kind of vision for each company. How did you guys come up with that to, to take technology and in and, and the world that we live in? It's like, you can't live without it now. You know, I, I'd say that I grew up in the dial-up era, right? Because I didn't have internet and then I had internet. Life's a lot easier with internet, maybe. But at the same time, it's kind of, you, you know what life was like without it. How did you guys come up with that approach? Because I feel like a lot of people are like, here's our technology. This works awesome. This is what you need to use. And you've kind of said, whoa, 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 whoa. There's a relationship here. Let's understand that. Sure. I think that really comes from our founder, our president, our CEO, Chad Jenkins. He's one of these guys who's been a serial entrepreneur his entire life. He was the kid who had the lemonade stand, who had the lawn mowing service. He actually, Chad, he had to make a really hard choice between do I finish my college degree or do I pursue my businesses that were doing so well at that point in time? So because Chad has that business acumen first, that really gives the insight that he has to understand a business from what executives are dealing with, their talent, when it comes to the P&L, when it looks to your operating costs and your expenses. And then what is that individual organization's proven process? 
Or do they even have a proven process? Is that something that we can help them develop? And then what are the tools that are available in the marketplace that can help them accomplish their mission and their vision and bring their values to life? Or is it something that needs to be developed from the ground up? And, and technology is such a broad word. What Could you sum that up, like speak in sort of layman's terms about what your bread and butter is, what, what you're doing? Are you building a website? Are you building an app? You know, that... What, what are you doing? Exactly? Yeah, I want to know the answer to this, too. That, that's a, a very <laughs> difficult question for us to answer when people say, who is SeedSpark? Really, what we do at the end of the day is help organizations drive operational efficiency. And we do that through not only how do they get the day-to-day done, what is their continuity plan for their business if disaster strikes? How do they really improve the experience of their workforce? and their ideal customer. And then when you look at that, when a business has those wrapped up, you're moving along this digital transformation continuum, you can start to focus on innovation in new markets. What are some of the tools in our toolbox that we use for that? We use managed technology. So as Brian alluded to, you've got your phones, you've got your desktops, you've got your software, you've got your servers. Let's make sure those are running at the optimum level so that your people can be as productive as possible. Then we'll look at things like, hey, how are you attracting clients to your organization? Does your website say that this is my ideal client so that when they come to your website, they recognize themselves? Is there a way for them to submit information to you so that you get tipped off to that lead right away or it streamlines the process of them getting into however you, you really go about your business? And then... When you look at software, software is running the world, everything we're doing right now, including this podcast studio, but typically software only gets you about 20% of the way there. So what we want to find is, do we need to connect that software with other tools that are out there through developing applications or APIs, which is, which is a bridge, essentially, between those different software tools? Or are we going to create the ideal software for the Dunstan group. What a lot of technology companies I think miss is the people in process component. So we wanna look at the talent. Do you have the right people in the right seats for your organization? What does that individual look like who needs to be wired up for that job? Let's say you're a startup and you're growing like crazy. There may be project managers out there who have a ton of experience with project management but are they the person who you can hand the blank page to and say, figure it out? Or are they the person who needs the well-defined notebook that has all the steps in the process that they can follow? They're wired up totally differently. And for the tools that we are going to build with our partners and our clients, we need to know who that individual who's going to be using that tool. And if you don't know who that individual is, we want to help you figure out who that individual is. And then also make sure that we're servicing and supporting the account afterwards. And so you mentioned, and that, that's even more deep than I thought, you know, from a seed park standpoint, like you're, you're not even, you're helping them find out who the people that need to be behind the technology and the software. And you mentioned um, attracting clients. And this is a, a question from a technology standpoint, you know, we're in the world of brand building. We're in the world of working in personal brands and professional brands. And, and we just had a podcast actually uh, with Scott talking about how those both have intertwined more than ever now. Um, there is no such thing as leaving at five o'clock and oh, I'm clocked out. 
I'm going to go live my personal life. It's different. And if you're, you're acting that way, then you're going to be left behind. Do you guys, how do you, when you're working on attracting clients, have you thought like, and the question's kind of is, it's not how many likes can I get? How many comments can I get? How many people can hit this exact post? But how can I help someone else? How can I care about my community? How can I utilize technology to be, you know, a good person? to be a good client, to be a good member of the community. How do you guys intertwine that from a personal and a professional brand in the technology world where every, everything seems to be automated? It's like, what can I boost on this post to get this many people to like it? And how many, can I get this many people to comment? But the reality is, is like, are you still doing that for your friend, for your client, for your neighbor? And how do you guys intertwine the personal and the technology phase together. And that's a, a lot, but. <laughs> that is a lot, Brian. Fine, Oliver. Yeah. I, I think, I think if, I, if I'm. I was just going for it. You know what if I mean? I'm going to reframe that, Brian, I think it's a little bit more of you've got, every business has a product and service that they sell. On the flip side of that, you also have your, your culture and your values and your vision of your organization. And, and how do you meld those? Because anybody who's worth their salt in my opinion, does not just want to be the faceless corporation. So we've seen businesses and help them bring this to life a variety of ways. Some of it is as simple on your web page. In the About Us section, you have a, a little area that talks about charities, community involvement to highlight that. One thing that we do right now, I'm part of the Queen City Corporate Challenge with Hospitality House. So we use Slack channels internally to communicate communicate about clients and also communicate about what's going on at SeedSpark with our culture. So I told a story there about that Queen City Corporate Challenge, about how my family's had their own struggles that they've had to endure when it came to medical or traumatic experiences and how we were fortunate enough to, to have the financial means to endure those. But there's plenty of people out there in the community who don't. So what do you have? You have we can post the link to that that enables everybody to give, that shows exactly how many days of lodging Hospitality House is providing. So when you give that visibility, whether it be on your corporate webpage or through your internet or your social media, it expands the reach in the ripple effect that goes back to, at SeedSpark, that goes back to our culture. That we have that we we want to relentlessly serve not only our clients but also our employees and our community. That's a, you answered that. <laughs> well, no, that's that's a great point too. We talk a lot about community involvement, and actually, we share a few organizations that we're involved in. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that piece, like where where your passion lies in giving back as as a company and as a culture and you know, how, how, what kind of good that's doing within our community and maybe beyond our community? Sure. I, Scott, really, that, that's at the heart of me coming to SeedSpark. Chad and I, our, our CEO, Chad and I met at church. Our kids go, went to the same preschool that was affiliated with our church, and I knew that he, he was a man of integrity, and he was, he was always generous with his time and his talent and his treasure. And this is a guy, when we talk about, Brian, the, the nine-to-five you know, Chad has probably been working, I don't know, 80 hour weeks for the past 25, 30 years of his life. And he still finds a way to donate money, to donate his time to the causes that he cares about. And when you see somebody who works that hard, who's a dedicated family man, who also has time for philanthropies and altruism, 
It makes it really easy to get behind them and say, hey, I want to hitch my wagon there. So that was something that attracted me to SeedSpark in the first place. And then we want to we believe if we're going to if we're going to work with an organization, especially a nonprofit, we want it to be an organization that we believe in their mission and we support them. So a nonprofit that we work with here in town is Aparo. It's a group of tech companies in town. And what we want to do is we want to reach out to other nonprofits and find a way that we can help them with their mission. So whether that's teaching them how to schedule meetings via email, how to use PowerPoint to do presentations for fundraising. Maybe it's just making sure that they have the right bandwidth for their organization so they have connectivity or their computers aren't running slow so that it takes somebody 25 minutes to reboot and actually be able to work and losing productivity. With us, we share multiple clients who are nonprofits, like 24 Foundation. They do great work here in town. And we love working with them because not only are what they impacting immediately as it relates to cancer, both survivors and research, but also their connection here in the Charlotte community. And when you see somebody like Dunstan Group who is involved with nonprofits and share similar values, it just makes it really easy for you to connect as a business and know we're on the same wavelength here. We both have the, the same values at heart. And we want to bring that to our clients and new opportunities in our employees as well. That's very good. And that's, that's great feedback. And it, sort of shifting gears a little bit in that regard, you mentioned ideal clients a, a couple of times and even off record. Um, who is your ideal client? That's a great question. Because with any business, the clients who you may have started with are going to really that that persona is going to evolve over time. Really, our ideal client is a progressive, forward-thinking organization who is willing to invest in their business now so that they can be better prepared for the future. That's a great answer. I didn't mean to pigeonhole you there because we we appreciate all of our clients, right? And, And I think organizations sometimes get a little ahead of themselves and forget where they started and forget the client that got them to where they are today. And it seems to me like you get in trouble with that mindset, right? Uh, maybe it's an egotistical thing. I mean, who knows? If the, the, the folks who say, Scott, that we're good the way we are and want to maintain the status quo, it's very easy to say they are not a client for SeedSpark because we need individuals who are open to change and thinking about their business in a new way, potentially that they've never even thought that it could be done before. Yeah, and and I, I you know, we all evolve and business world change, and you're sort of on the front end of all the technology pieces, and that's where everything is shifting and going towards. It's just, it, it really is interesting to me, like the way an app works on your phone. And you, you guys actually build apps, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, and, and so do you have like, a bunch of code writers in in the in the back room in the in the sort of silent room just knocking out new apps and like all of that in your office. Or? They're called they're called developers. Developers. <laughs> developers. <laughs> yes. Code writers. Um, Coders. A little different than your marketing or yeah. sales team. Yeah. Yes. It, kind it, of mindset. It, exactly, Scott. It, we so that is another thing that really differentiates SeedSpark because if you think about it, ten years ago the job of application developer didn't even exist. 
That's the right. I, like the idea of being a social media manager. That didn't exist <laughs> yep. either. Or a blogger. Or a blogger, mm. exactly. And we have a full team, 12 developers on our staff who are proficient in building applications or connecting different softwares together if it's something that's pre-existing. But we also pride ourselves on the fact that when you sit down with one of our developers and they sit down with our clients to really understand all the steps in how they do business and where they're trying to improve their operations, nobody on our staff is going to really get the ego involved and try and techno babble them. Because if you're not aligned with your client and they don't understand what you're doing for their business, they're going to feel lost. And it's going to be hard for them to not only engage with you and to get buy-in from them, but when you think about an application that's going to be running a business's operations, they're a manufacturer, they're a construction company, or they're a nonprofit, and they're trying to book lodging for families who have to come and stay because they have a, a loved one with a terminal illness, you need to make sure that the tool is simple enough that anybody can use it, but also robust enough that it encompasses their business needs. And I'm sure these are all different, but honing in on the apps a little bit, how does that the process from start to finish, like say I want to develop an app and I come to you today with my idea, typical timeline for that. Um, and, and how do you, how do you work it? Do you sort of pay as you go? Is there a deposit? Like just curious how all that works and comes to fruition. Great question. So we have, it depends on the size and what that application is going to be doing. But we had one client of ours who has a field staff who's all over the place and typically, they were having expenses, like every business does, client meetings, they're traveling per diem, and it was people typing in an Excel spreadsheet or taking a picture of their receipt, and somebody was punching it into a system. Well, we created an application for them very quickly, I mean, within a matter of probably 10 days, mm. that all of their employees can have on their phone. And then we have clients, we have one client who is a multi-billion dollar multinational manufacturer, and we have developed a software that they use to track their product and the service delivery on that product across the United States in North America using RFID. An application like that is going to take months. And just like technology, this digital transformation continuum it's, it's never stuck in time. It's something that you come back to because the tools evolve. And so we want to revisit that based on what their business needs at that particular point in time. To take a step back, Scott, to the first part of your question, what we're going to do is we're going to sit down and have a conversation with you. And we're going to say, what are your key initiatives at this point in time? Why is it that you're looking at this application now? and it's important to your business so that we have context. Once we have context, it makes us much more effective at addressing what we can, the impact we can make for an individual business. And then what's gonna happen there is, if the client, once we get a sense of what the client is trying to accomplish, we'll have a rough idea of how many hours it's gonna take for our developers to go ahead and be able to start writing that code. And then we want to give that client an estimate of it because the next step in that is going to be a discovery. We're going to sit down with your business. 
We're going to watch how you operate. We're going to watch from the second that a salesman goes out and meets with a client, what they have to do to get the order, to input the order. Where does it go from the point that that, that order is closed into your system and becomes a work in progress? How does it travel through its different statuses? Who does it touch in your organization to when it becomes completed? And then when it becomes completed, how does it touch accounting? How do you receive the, the payment on that? And all the pieces. So depending on what the client's objective is, it can, it can be very extensive. And that is going to directly impact the amount of time that it takes. But really, we have to be that, that growth partner for your business and have access to find all of the areas that you can remove manual processes and become more effective and more efficient. I assume all that's confidential and you, you don't share that platform. I'm sure there's agreements associated with these things where you don't share that platform with other competitors, things like that. When, if I came to you for an app development, would, would I own the app or would you would own the code? Own the, okay. You would own all the code. And yes, to, to your point, we have a, a standard software development agreement. And as soon as we have that initial conversation and a client tells us we want to move forward with you guys, that's when we would send a non-disclosure agreement to them to know everything's confidential. And, and kind of going a little bit off the same same path, you recently wrote a blog about cybersecurity and data backup. You know, you look at 10 years ago, you had a flip phone. Now you look at your phone and it unlocks through facial recognition. It's kind of insane to see how technology has, has really ramped up in the last 10 years. But I think that also brings a little bit of nervousness um, from a cybersecurity standpoint, whether it's your bank account, whether it's your company, et cetera. Tell us a little bit about what are you guys doing to not only protect your clients, but you know how important is it to have extensive backups? You know What, where, how, remote servers, on the cloud? Like, What are some of the basics that every business needs to know um, and to make sure that they're not going to have that downtown or downtime cost and, and really stay productive throughout? For sure, Brian. Business continuity and cybersecurity, any executive who I've spoken to over the past couple of years, those are always in their top four priorities. And one thing that I typically ask is, what is your business continuity or what's your disaster recovery plan? And you'd be surprised, businesses of all size, from, from the small plumber who's got 10 people who work for him to large mid-market businesses, many times they either don't have a business continuity plan or when's the last time that they dusted it off. There are, when you look at a cyber event or a disaster, there is a continuum to the attack. And that's usually what's happening before the attack that lets somebody get in or an event because it may not be a hacker. What happens during that attack or that event? And then what happens afterwards? So the, the first part, that every organization needs to remember there is there is one person in every company who will click on any link. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We've, we've, we've had bait. a couple of those. Good old just click bait. So red screens yeah. pop up oh, and say, man. Oh, we're about to take everything for ransom and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Win a hundred thousand dollars by clicking here. Yes. So no matter how good the technology that you have there, there is always going to be the human component. It's why no matter how much Jeff Bezos and the titans of Silicon Valley try and automate things, we're always going to have humans who are involved. So step one is educating your people. What do you know about social engineering? What do you know about spear phishing? Do you realize that it's very easy now with all the information that people share freely via social media 
that guess what? If somebody knows your login and they need to go to try and hack into your user account, well, when those questions come up, those three questions, and it asks you where you went to elementary school, what's your first pet's name, and who's your best friend, it may be pretty easy for somebody to look and find that out. The other component is nowadays, you can actually go on the, the dark web, which is like a shadow internet, and you can buy kits for ransomware that will just send out pings to as many computers and systems as they can and try and find that individual who will click on that any one link. But basics, once you educate your people, what kind of firewall do you have? Did you guys go to Best Buy and just buy some router from Best Buy? Or do you actually have a business class cloud-based firewall and router that you have a partner who's managing that's updated constantly that tells you where the threats are coming in. It can also tell you, Scott, if Brian's sitting there every Friday watching Netflix for three hours when he's telling you that he's doing quotes. Here comes the sales pitch. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Nick. <laughs> and, then, and then you could say, well, you know what? He actually has to look at Netflix every day because that's part of his job. Or I can say, Scott, do you want me to throw uh, He's watching the soccer game. Yeah. Do you want <laughs> Thanks me to a lot, Nick. <laughs> do you want me to, do you want me to, to throttle that bandwidth for that particular application so that he just keeps getting buffering and buffering and buffering? So you got to make sure that you've got a good <laughs> firewall and router so that it's not hammering you. What, what, I feel like I'm getting attacked right what, now. What's your uh, what's your week look like next week? <laughs> <laughs> and then this is a cybersecurity attack yes. on Brian. And then listen, are you keeping your PCs on so that they update and they get the patches and your antivirus is current and that you have malware protection? That's that's just table stakes. But what's really interesting now too is we want to make sure every business has a backup. Is your email being backed up? Are your files on your desktop being backed up? backed up. Do you have a server on site? Do you need a server on site or can you go to the cloud? How easy is it for you to get that data that is being backed up? And then the other component that many organizations miss is as you have all this data and information that's going through your technology environment, there are logs. Everything's being tracked. Everything's being documented. But if you know precisely where an event occurred in your, in your environment, you can roll back your backup solution to that point in time right before the event occurred to minimize the amount of downtime that you have in your organization. What's really cool now is we have tools where we leverage machine learning, AI, to identify where those anomalies may have occurred. Okay, Brian's typically doing everything that he normally does, and all of a sudden, there's massive file sizes being exported. And what's Brian doing? Brian's sending his, your client list and all your financial information to his personal email. Now, the machine may spot that, but it may be totally valid. Maybe there's a reason that he needed to do that. So what we leverage is we actually have a person, a security engineer, who when that anomaly pops up, they go in and look and see, and they go, hmm, this looks definitely like it's something fishy. And then we let our clients know something's not right here. We need to look at this or you guys may have just been hacked and we're monitoring it closely. Or we say, we need to get all your machines and unplug them right now so that nothing's on your network. But you really need to have all those components be monitoring before, 
try and do everything you can to keep something or, from happening in your environment. You have to be monitoring throughout the day of what's going on in your tech environment. And then you also have to have the solutions that it's, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when nowadays with how connected we are, that you are able to roll back and minimize that downtime. Man, that's a lot of info. That, you know, you, you hear this sales technique that financial planners use, and they call it the pain funnel. The pain <laughs> funnel is when they're trying to sell you life insurance that you may or may not need, but what they do is they talk about all the things that could happen. And then by the end of the meeting, you're so damn scared that you say, well, let's sign up. We, we need this protection. So anyway, man, that's, that's, you're, that's you're, <laughs> what you just said reminded me of that, but it's very true. Like it's, it's very important. So that's well, usually it's, it's, the, the approach that every business needs to think about is how long can I survive with being down? And an easy way to calculate that is just look at how much do you, what's your revenue, divide that by 365 and then divide that by 24 hours because it'll show you from an hour to hour standpoint what your vulnerability is. And there's very few businesses nowadays, they're out there who can survive if they go down. And some may be able to last a week and be fine. Some may be able to last two weeks. And then there's other organizations that they go, we can't, we can't survive being down for an hour. We need to be back up within minutes. I mean, case in point, Mecklenburg County exactly. just got hacked and you know, builders can't even get building permits. I exactly. mean, it's, it's, it's halting tons of uh, production in Charlotte. It, know, that's, so that's that's a prime example, right? It's a great point. I'm going to have a shameless plug here because on the 22nd of March, we have a, a cybersecurity and business continuity symposium coming up at Old Mecklenburg Brewery. We're going to have the head of Charlotte's FBI Cyber Task Force speaking there. We're going to have one of the former program directors from InfraGuard, who's a cyber liability risk specialist. And then we're going to have some leading technology companies who are going to be speaking as well. It's not going to be product pitching. It's all going to be about thought leadership of saying, what are the exploits that are out there right now? What are some best practices that you can have in place to plan for when an event occurs? And what do you need to have on your radar at the way that threats are evolving over time? So if people are interested, come to our website, cspark.com. We've got information there where you'll be able to register. And we'd love to have as many people out there as possible. Mick, that's good. great. And thank you. I, I think there's a lot of people listening right now that might have a business or even personal that are going, oh, whoa, like, because you gave us a lot of information. If you guys are interested, get in touch with Mick, man. They will take care of you and make sure that your uh, your company and your software and your entire technology is safe. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on our podcast. I loved learning a little bit more about it. I'm a little terrified right now. Um, but at the same time, SeedSpark's got our back, so we know that. So if you guys are looking for anything, get in contact with Mick. Thank you so much for being on our Brand Butters podcast. Thanks, guys. Appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate you, buddy. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com. <laughs>